where did the podcast idea come from? Because I mean, everyone's doing podcasts now. Why? Why are yeah, we bothering? What as makes well? us so special? Who's going to listen to this apart from Gary and Ollie our mums? And yeah, yeah, my mum will watch it, but she's not going to enjoy it. Oh, she'll not have a clue. No, no, she'll go. I liked it. I didn't get what was going on. Yeah, like most of the films that I've ever made. I heard you so say far. camera a couple of times. Yeah, we we went on a walk, didn't we? One time. We have been on a walk before. Yeah. Mm. We talk a lot about cameras. If we're in a car on the way to a shoot or if we're in between takes on set, we either chat bollocks or Mm. we chat about cameras. Yeah. Them two together is... uh, I shouldn't do that and talk about bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Those two together is the perfect podcast. Because that's another thing. Who's who's going to be listening to this? Who are we doing it for? I mean, like, we're clearly 22, 23 years old. I think we're hitting the target audience. Yeah. I mean, your bald head kind of says... This is this is the stresses yeah. of being in the media <laughs> <laughs> industry. Since 13, yeah. yeah. I suppose it's probably for people in a similar boat to us yeah. who are kind of getting into the industry, learning about cameras, learning about... I think independent filmmaking would be like a big talking point for me. That's what I'm most interested yeah. in. There's a lot to take in, I think, and that's what I've learned. There's a lot of stuff to, to either succeed as a come-up, just generally which is what we both do as well as the films. To yeah. succeed in that, you've got to know a lot of stuff that I'm sure we'll cover over time. But then even the film side alone, there's, we're learning every time we're on set, aren't yeah. we? We're learning things, what does work, what doesn't work. Stuff that goes on behind the scenes that's working and what isn't working. It'd be nice for us to, if we were one of those people, we're like, that's a podcast that I'd like to know. At yeah. the end of the day, we want, we want to share what we've learned so yeah. far. We're not, like We're not claiming that we're, you know, oh, I've been in the industry for twenty five years now, and I, you know, yeah. we're not we're not those guys, but we want to be. I a guess. couple of years, we in, be, yeah. We've made a couple of things, learned a lot of mistakes. Mm. It's helping the person on the next rung down, I would say. Yeah. Or on the same rung, and we're kind of all looking up together. And yeah, I think that's what it is. You can be inspired by, for us, cinematographers or directors who are yeah. at the top of their game. But then there's this massive experience and knowledge and just life lessons that you don't like. You're just looking at the end goal, but there's everything yeah. in between that you kind of need to nail yeah. to get to that. And hopefully we cover that. There's no point in starting a podcast without a name. Mm-hmm. We haven't got a name. Which is you've got of, a suggestion which you're excited about. No, I've got one because it's tough thinking of a name of a podcast. It because, is tough. I mean, obviously, there's an obvious choice. Yeah. Which is the Rob Worsey show. And that's what everyone's going to want to hear. That's what everyone's going to be Googling. I've not, not got an idea. Not got an I'm idea. just thinking for SEO, it makes most sense because that's what people will be searching. Traffic's going to be. Yeah. Because you can either go down the route that is, we were saying earlier, a well-known phrase that you'd say on set. I've told people that we were going to start this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you could call it something like lights, camera, action. Or I was like... Great idea. Actually, when we roll the camera, that's not the actual way that I do it. There's a well-known song called It Takes Two. All right. But we change it to It's Take Two. <laughs> because there's two it's of us. It's Take Two. It's Take Two. We yeah. just need to make sure the jingle doesn't sound like the well-known song. That... That's pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, that's pretty good, though. It's that's... Take Two. Have a sleep on it. Yeah. Have a think. For but next week podcast. But it gives across the fact that it's film-related for those who know about yeah. takes and stuff it's a bit funny mm. and it's like <laughs> it's using song lyrics 
So for anyone not listening, not watching or whatever. How's this going to work then? If they're not listening or not watching. (laughs) For anyone who's watching, listening, who doesn't know who we are. Right, that makes more sense. So that one other viewer apart from my mum. Yeah, your mum's friend. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we describe each other or shall we describe ourselves? I mean, either way, it's not great, is it? I mean, I don't like talking about myself and things like that. I'll Um, sit and just nod. I'll I'll Mm -hmm. describe me. Go on then. So, hi everyone, I'm Jordan. <laughs> Hello, Jordan. <laughs> Both of us are based in West Yorkshire, Leeds, yeah. aren't we? The um, UK. Yeah. This could be international, this podcast. Good Europe. Point. We're, we're Europeans. In, we're in, people like Europeans. It's worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> we're both camera people, camera persons. Yeah. And we dabble into DP and work for, especially for our own stuff. And I've been freelance for coming up to two years now. That's gone quick, isn't it? That's flown by. Yeah. It's scarily quick. And you're just about to venture into freelancing, aren't you? Yeah. Together we do <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> this is yeah. We've not got any work in, so we decided to start a podcast. Yeah. And make some pennies. <laughs> <laughs> but we do similar things, don't we? I think. And yeah. We're we're a good duo. Yeah. For anyone who's willing to hire any Leeds-based freelance government <laughs> operators, we both started a production company in Leeds, mm. Feature Media. Yeah. Get the plug in there. Right, Julie. <laughs> I think you got the job we both applied for. No, I didn't. Did you not? No, I didn't. So someone else got the job. I didn't get it. Second best. <laughs> Third yeah, best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And then you joined, yeah. About three months after, wasn't it? Three or four months after. Yeah, something like that. You were amazing. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Came God. in. And it was... <laughs> I remember. Go that. on, say it. Go on. I tell, I tell everyone who we work with on this on camera. First shoot with you, we were at a carpet factory. We were shooting on a Sony EX3 and I kind of give it to you and just said, oh, I'll just get a shot of this. And I looked over at the first shot and I was just like, oh dear. <laughs> White balance way off. It was just incredibly it was ice cold. It looked it? like that scene out of Terminator 2 in the back of the car. I was like, oh dear. And I just, I can't remember if I said anything or... I can remember it being very blue. <laughs> But I can remember I was too nice to ask straight away right. for your help. So you thought I'd get a shot Because first. I didn't, if I asked you five minutes into shooting, it's like, well, this kid's not got a clip, which you probably thought that anyway. But yeah. so I did a few shots knowing it looked crap. Let's, let's be fair. I think that's a good lesson of just ask. <laughs> Both are collectively our favourite project yeah. was the little council films that for we did. For sure, yeah. I guess for me, that's when we realise we want to make more of that stuff. I think it's easy to not find the time to do stuff on the outside. Definitely. When you've got a job like that. That's Yeah, that's true. When you're working full time and you you know, you know might have one week where you don't do much and you're in the office and then the week after you'll be out five days a week shooting. Yeah. A, you've not got the time or you've not got the capacity to, yeah. to do the stuff that you know you want to be doing. I went somewhere else, another production company didn't have that did alternative types of production work and things like that, which was exciting. It was the next step for me. And then you obviously went into your teaching. Mm. And then with that came incredible kit. I'm still at this place for another two weeks. So I've had access to the kit for all of these projects. Which we appreciate is a rarity for anyone who might listen and go, well, they've got all the kit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we don't have access to this after the next two weeks. Uh, That'll be interesting when we don't. We had C500 Mark IIs, which are, what, 20 grand a piece, 17, mm. I think. 
Samyang Zines, Sigma Cine Zooms. The lighting for me. Sky Panel S60s, L10s. Yeah. Razors, DS1s, Aladdins, Velvets, Dados, Varicam LTs. I forgot about the Varicams. Yeah. EVAs, FS7s. It's crazy. Yeah. To be able to mm. try out all of them different things, shoot on each of the different cameras, see how each different one acts and which I prefer. Yeah. Which led me this year for going freelance to buy a five-year-old camera, which is a, a good topic <laughs> in itself of why I did that. Let, why did you do that? There was a lot of options. The Sony FX6 is a nice camera. That was one of them. Thank you. There was like I was looking at FS7s, Ursa Mini G2s, all sorts. Yeah. Uh, C200s, C70s. I ended up with a Panasonic Evo one. And it just made the most sense for me in terms of the specs that it gives, what jobs I can use it for, and budget. Yeah. I wanted something that ha- that was ready to go for events, so like SDI, XLR, NDs, that I could rig up and shoot a feature on, which yeah. we, we just used it last week on our most recent feature, and it's looking really nice. Yeah. I've already got an A7S III, so for the corporate and the gimbal and folks and stuff like that, that's amazing. And so it it made most sense for me. I think that you going for the EVA is like a very sensible thing to do. Yeah. Because you've looked at what you're doing now and what you will carry on doing, you know, at the start, you know, as you launch your freelance career, rather than going, I want the best of everything. I want the newest camera because then I'm most up to date and relevant when it's not actually the case. You know that camera at the back of your hand. Mm. You know you can make good stuff with that. And I'm sure some people won't notice the difference between an EVA or an EVA nah. and an FX6 or yeah. a Blackmagic camera or anything like that. You yeah. Know? If someone handed me one, they put both in front of me and said, you can pick one. Which you know, one would I'd, you go for? I'd take an FX6. Yeah, yes, of course. You because would. it's so much more, it, I mean, for the corporate and everything, it's so useful. But the thing is that I don't need that at the moment, especially with my A7S III, because... If I need gimbals and autofocus and stuff, which I do use a lot, yeah, I just chuck that on and yeah. it's awesome. I've got a variable ND for the front. Yeah, If I'm needing stuff with SDI and XLR and I need to rig it up for a feature where we're taking Teradex out, you know, putting matte boxes on the front, yeah, then the EVA, you know, it's 5.7 or 5.9K sensor down sample to 4K, 10-bit, 14-plus stops. You know, it's great. The specs that you go, oh, I'm point scoring here against other people. Yeah. If you're not going to use it, you, you're spending dead money. Exactly. Yeah. You saved, what, four grand Yeah. by not getting an FX6 now. Yeah. And with that four grand, I bought a new tripod. You tripod. need a good tripod, don't you? It's a great tripod. Yeah. I mean, look how stable that camera is now. It's not moved at all. If, the, if the audience is watching this, there's probably no movement in the shot. <laughs> Do its job. <laughs> Aperture 300X, which is my favourite light now. I absolutely love that. All for the cost that I could have spent on just the body of an FX6. The light in the tripod and all the stuff that goes along with it is going to make much more of a difference to my shooting yeah. than the camera specs. You come in full 100%. You come as a full package already rather yeah. than... You could sell yourself online. Yeah. <laughs> I'll finish this. Hopefully bit. freelance yeah. goes a bit better than that. <laughs> but it's an option. You could promote yourself and go, yeah, I'm a Sony FX6 user. Yeah. It's like, right, cool, we'll hire you. Then you get to the set. You've got one lens because you've spent you've got a stills tripod. On. Yeah, yeah you got a flimsy <laughs> tripod that it's going to look great light. as long as everything's locked off. Yeah, and I've not got lights, so you know I'm, yeah. I'm a no natural. You know, it's like the revenant my stuff. I just shoot but- natural daylight. <laughs>
what was the first camera you ever bought? Canon 70D. Yeah. That was mirror, like the DSLR hype. That was the first one with like usable autofocus yeah. as well. Yeah. And I was I was still at uni and my dad's an electrician and I he bought it for me at the start of summer because I had like a couple of jobs coming in and I was like, shit, I need a camera. And so he said, I'll get it for you now, but you've got to work a certain amount of days across summer to pay off. Yeah. And I did. So that's the way I got it. So I, yeah, he helped me, but I kind of, I earned it and it felt good. Yeah. But I love that camera. Yeah, it was well good. You I still had, got it? No, I haven't got it anymore. And uh, I, I just always, I'm chopping and changing all the time. Yeah. What about you? Uh, it was a Canon 600D. Oh, so not as good as a 70D. No. Nah. And it was also off eBay. It wasn't the 600D, but it was the Japanese equivalent, which I think it's like the Kiss <laughs> X Kiss X5. Or I forgot what it was. Oh my god! It was about 350 quid. Yeah. And then I bought a lens. I can remember looking at the lens options you can get with the camera, and there was 18 to 200 mil Tamron lens. And you just thought, I don't need another lens. I thought it was a fault on the eBay because it was like an 18 to 55 was an extra 200 quid, yeah. but the 18 to 200 was oh 30 quid more, and I was like. I'm going to get this deal before someone notices that this is a steal. And Genius. I got it and it was shite. And then about four, it was when I moved up to Leeds actually. Yeah. I bought, no, I was just finishing uni and I bought the 50 mil, Nipsey 50. Yeah. I bought it for like 40 quid off eBay. And just finishing as a student, you think, fucking hell, like 40 that's quid, that's a lot of money, but it'd be worth I've, it. I've entered the game now, boys. I'm in the yeah. industry. Just 8 bit, crappy megabit per second. Back then, I upscale didn't know. 1080p, probably. No, I didn't know anything. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, My 1080p. Film's, film's going to look amazing. Yeah. yeah. You think, oh, I can put this next to an Alexa or yeah. a mirror and it'll look this. Oh, I said Alexa. Ah, oh, bless her. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> Sorry, darling. Yeah, like I can remember back then, I was just like, oh, it's 1080p. It's fine. Yeah. 50p. 1080p. Sound. I don't need to buy a C100 that I just shot with at uni. Yeah. Like this for 400 quid. I'm going, we've got someone tweeting in asking a question. Have we really? Yeah. Oh, I can't keep What's Colour asking? <laughs> <laughs> the perfect camera for you right now, what would it be? I like some. Do you know what a camera is? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I think uh, I don't know. I don't know because for corporate and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I think the FX6 is hard to beat. Yeah. I've used it enough to really enjoy it, and it's been a big step up from like the mirrorless type of shooting. Yeah. But. To be honest, I find myself using the A7S III more for what I currently do. The ease of using an A7S III at the moment for me, and it's quite it's it's almost a bit sad to admit it because the FX6 costs a lot more. Mm. But I use my A7S III way more than FX6 because it's just because of the size, the size that yeah, the portability. When I've got to go down to London on a train, yeah, I can fit that in my overnight bag. Yeah, with FX6, it's another case to take. Yeah. The stabilisation in the A7S III yeah. comes in really handy. On the FX6, obviously, it's not got it, and it's it's got the gyro data, which I've not yet tried. But no. there's not much difference between the two in terms of the image quality. It's got the same benefits as the FX6 and the A7S III combined with, you know, we want to shoot in log occasionally, but we want to shoot in Cinetone or a normal profile occasionally. They're great, and they're perfect for both. Mm. So is the FX6 the perfect camera at the minute, or the A7S III? I mean, I, I I do like the A7S III. There's something about it for me that I haven't fallen really in love with it. I think it's because it doesn't 
it doesn't feel like a camera that was designed by a photographer, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. One of the cameras that I use a lot for day-to-day photography is a little Olympus M1 Mark II, which, like, specs-wise, it's, like, <laughs> I mean, it's dated, considering yeah. I've got an A7S III and a Panasonic S5 sat there. Yeah. But there's just so much nice about using it, and I don't get that from the A7S III. Uh-huh. But the footage, the autofocus is so good that there's no alternative, really, for me there. Like, same as you, going down to London, shooting events... I've got it to a point now where I can get, for shooting a highlights video in an event, I can get everything I need and a change of clothes in one yeah. like low-pro rucksack. Which for some projects, it's, it, it's it helps totally you enough. way more than yeah. lugging a massive pelicase around yeah, London of or course, Manchester. Yeah. What's your so, perfect camera? Mm, uh, How would you make the FX6 perfect? Because it's nearly there, isn't it? I do like the versatility of the recording rates and the data rates of the A7. Whereas yeah. with that, it's... So XAVCL is 50 megabits a second at 50p in 1080. Oh, so it's that or like four or, 500? I don't know what it is in... That's in 1080. In 4K, I think it's like 100 or 150 megabits a second, which is, oh, right. a, which yeah, is better. Yeah, that's right then, yeah. But then you jump straight to the XAVCI codec, which is the intro. Whereas with these, you've got your H.265 codecs. You, you've got... The H.265 is nice, yeah. That would be great. It'd be nice. Would you shoot features on it? Yeah, hundred percent. The colours there. Yeah, and it's handy for the budgets that we work on at the minute. Yeah. Sometimes it removes the need of a focus puller because it's that good. We were talking about it the other day, weren't we? It was like we nearly, we nearly did a shot. Go on. On autofocus, didn't we? Yeah. We did it manual focus in the end and kind of nailed it first take. Can't remember who was doing it, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd be open to trying shots with the autofocus for sure now. Yeah, it's so good. Size wise, it's perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. Isn't you it? can rig it up to look beefy for the people who think yeah. that a small camera means that you're not as good of a cam up. Yeah, the frame rates are all there that I need at the moment. Yeah, I can't see us going past. <clears throat> pardon me, the need to go past like 4K 120 in the next few years. I don't think there's going to be a need for that unless it's like product. But people keep doing it, won't they? And then yeah. people will keep upping them frame rates. Where is it going to stop? Or when is it going to stop? Because... This, this, to be fair, this is a good topic, is frame rate. Yeah. And resolution. I'd happily say, let's just stop now. Like, please just stop. Yeah. For cinemas and features, I prefer blue. And hard drives. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. hard drives. But 2K is, I think, the nicest resolution for watching, for me. I watched the Lord of the Rings remastered 4K on a 4K telly, and that was too sharp. And that's with, you know, with turning all of the enhanced sharpness and crap off your telly. Yeah. Like, getting it to where the filmmaker wanted it, and that feels too sharp. You can see pores and makeup and stuff like that. I think Blu-ray is, like, what I like to watch. I think that's well sharp enough. Yeah. So for me, I'd prefer to just keep shooting 4K or 6K, and down and mastering in 2K. Dynamic range and things like that makes much more difference for me. Yeah. I'm not bothered about 8K. The only places I think they should keep throwing resolution out there is sports and nature documentaries and stuff like that, where resolution is incredible. You know, you're shooting like, yeah. you're watching the new David Attenborough and it's shot in like 8K. It looks insane. It looks amazing. But I think for features, it just, it's so sharp. It just feels. Like, I don't too know. much in it. You, I think so, yeah. So then, if cameras carry on, if they listen to this, yeah, 
you know, if they were one of All the, the big million dogs are subscribers, listening to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they listened and was like, whoa, whoa, stop, stop production <laughs> on that 12K. Rob says, stop it, don't bother. If that was the case, mm-hmm. so it's frame rates, dynamic range, because at some point there's going to be a limit on what you can do. Is there going to be a limit actually on what you can do in a camera if we're, if we're stopping resolution? What else can we do? Because to me, the cameras are like in the last ten years, or even as long as I've known you. Yeah, the cameras are like they're like. Do we want to go any better? But That's they're going to have to keep yeah, improving in it, some I mean, ways. It's mad, isn't it? How much it's changed. Like when we met at Feature and we were getting excited about the GH5, it's like, oh my god, it's got ten bit, yeah, four K sixty, yeah. And now you you see stuff coming out like the R five C with eight K raw, full frame. It's nuts. It's crazy. For me, I'd prefer something that's five point nine k because there's that whole thing about like you've got to have five point nine k to get a real four k or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. I, I, kind of, I had a deep dive into that at one point and was like, "Oh my god, four k isn't real four k. It's <laughs> got to be down samples from five point nine k to get a real color or something." Like a five point nine k, and then working on like dynamic range, global shutter. I think you know that should be the next big push. So you're yeah. not dealing with rolling shutter and things like that. I think there's a lot of specs that camera companies can work on without having to just keep going resolution-wise. So what's coming up for you? I've left my job. I've handed my notes in. Thanks. So last day is next Friday, which is scary. I'm going freelance. So I've been kind of investing back in kit, getting ready for that. Are you ready? Hmm? Are you ready for it? Yeah, I mean, I think so, yeah. I Yeah, I, I can so. tell you as a friend you are. Oh, stop it. I didn't think I was when I went freelance mm-hmm. two years ago, and it was like, you're never going to think you're ready. What's next for you then? What's coming up? Uh, it's a time for me to catch up on my own stuff. Yeah. Which, like, cause... <laughs> the police drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. That's that a topic to in dumb. itself, putting stuff off and off. When's the right time to do a project? That's a good topic. It's a bit like, when's the right time to go freelance, I think. Yeah. Because you can say, oh, but one week more of planning or whatever will make it better. A month more of planning will make it better, whatever. The thing with the the police job one for me, and we've spoken about this before, but I, I, don't, I want to do all the things before that one because I feel like it's a good idea. Yeah. And I wouldn't want, you know, my director debut and for it being the first one to not, make it as good as it could be yeah but i get it and like you've but you're always gonna have that worry because i i think that's an important lesson that you learn is that what you see in your head chances are it's not gonna end up like that on screen yeah unless you've got a crew of yeah people exactly yeah but at our level yeah Getting that crew's good though, isn't it? Like a crew, not just a crew who can do the jobs that you need at a skeleton crew level, but one who are equally as giving in their time and using yeah. their time as an investment for their own improvement, yeah. as well as to make a film that everyone's proud of collectively. Well, I think that's how we do it at the moment is that everyone who's, or most people who are on putting a lot of time into it are either family and friends doing us a favour or yeah. stepping up on a role. Yeah. So, like, first time uh, DP, first time, like, AC or something like that. Yeah. I felt, like, underprepared as a DP on a film. But I guess, yeah, you have to be pushed into a deep end sometimes to... Yeah, you've got to take that step, haven't you? Yeah. I think. 
If you didn't feel ready to DP that, then how come you said yes? How come you went for that? Part of me says, yeah, but are you at that level yet? Do you want to give someone else who can do it, give it, you know, a good try and do a really good job at it? And I can just work on camera and I'll, yeah. I'll learn from them and do that. Or do you just go all in? And I mean, it helps having you who's a director and DP. Stop because it. they're... Not really, stuff. though. But then you, you know, you know what you wanted for that, which yeah. really helps me for the situation I was in. Yeah. If I was a fully fledged DP, we could have had conflict in terms of, no, we want it. It should be like this. It should be like that. Mm. And then I think with that, that's when the partnership can start forming of knowing how you work as a director and DP, which that's on one of the topics that we'll go into greater detail. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting conversation as well. When you have stuff like that, when you're nervous about it, sometimes you have just got to go for it. Yeah. You have to kind of (laughs) glamorize yourself a bit in terms of what you, you got to talk it up and yeah. Yeah. That's why a showreel, like, you know, a DOP showreel is a minute, a minute and a half of your very best stuff. It's not a false representation of you. Yeah, because you've got to be able to back it up. Gotcha. I think I've met a lot of people who are all talk and they do talk a good game and then just, it's not there. I've always said as a camera person that you only use a quarter of the knowledge on set for that day. Yeah. The rest of it is just knowledge tucked away for contingency or if something goes wrong. I yeah. think people, there's a lot of camera operators who think they're worthy of being a DOP on a set because they can make something look pretty. Mm. With enough time, I think a lot of people can do that. But if something goes wrong with the camera or setting or something needs to change drastically, you need to know all that to be fully competent in what you do. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, if we're losing light, how do we work around that? It's like, oh, I don't know, I just made the shot look great because the sun was coming through the window at mm-hmm. two o'clock and now it's four and now it looks rubbish. I've done that in the past. Like at uni, there was we were shooting our final year film and... We were getting a shot of a motorbike in a garage and I kind of put the camera on the slider, yeah. pointed it, turned it on, and it looked it looked incredible. <laughs> I, at the time, I was like, I don't know why it looks so fucking good, yeah. but I'm just going to shoot it. And then, like, that was the start of my show for ages, that shot. Was that the opening shot? Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> sliding along. There was dust falling. There was light rays coming through. It was like, oh, it was incredible. And then someone comes and goes, can, can we you replicate that? It's like, nah, no chance. Nah. I mean, now I could I'd obviously do the shot and do it way better, you know, because there was like peaking highlights and things like that. But yeah, it's still a good looking shot. And um, to an untrained eye, yeah, it and it was amazing. total total luck. It's quite common that a lot of people work on things that they want to do for free. Yeah, nowadays just for the exposure. Yeah, and you know, this is my watch is telling me to exercise. Lazy bastard. Like saying it's been one hour since you had the McDonald's, <laughs> you fat fuck. Um, and it's happened to me, and I don't know if it's happened to you, but people have said, you know, oh, we'd love you to come in and do a, a promo video. It'd be great exposure for you, and it'd be great for us. I'm like, a, what do you think about working for free, working yeah. for exposure? Yeah. And if you do agree with it, which situations are the best situations to do that? You've got to build your show reel up, haven't you? And you've got to have the opportunities to actually shoot stuff to build your show reel up. Yeah. I had an annoying one because there was like a local music festival and I was like, oh yeah, we'll do it for free. It was me and my friend from uni. We'll shoot it for free as long as you pay us on next year's. And he's like, yeah, that's fair. And then comes down to next year and we're like, oh yeah, it's going to be this much. And looking back, it was like a few hundred quid. It wasn't much at all. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I've got someone who's going to do it for free again. So no. 
And yeah, I mean, that sucked. If someone came up to me and said, we want you to do a film, it'd be great exposure for you. No, no chance. When did, when's that turning point? The, there has been one. Obviously, you can't go. It was December the 17th. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, there's no cutoff, is it? Because it gets to a point where some things are coming in for exposure and you think, no, I'm not going to do them, but then others do. And you think, oh, I'll do them because it's a better company. Or it's, I haven't shot like that before or something like that. Yeah. So I don't think there's, a, there's no definitive time. No, to I tell don't people. think so. Fiction wise and, and indie shoots and stuff like that, I still work for free because yeah. that's my passion. That's where I want to be. I've got loads of friends who are in that industry as well, making their own films. Mm. And we're almost in like a community of filmmakers who help each other out, do it because they love it. And also more experience, stepping up roles and things like that and yeah. trying to progress together. Yeah. If you paid everyone's day rates and everything like that, you just won't be able to make the film because unless you're getting funding, how is it possible? Mm-hmm. In that situation, it's I think it's about who you're asking to work for exposure who you who are you asking to volunteer the time yeah if you give roger deakins a ring and say will you do this little film for me we're just starting out do you want me to if you can you? yeah 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 not well i'm just making a point i didn't know no it's fine no it's fine but uh, i mean i'm sure he's a lovely guy but <laughs> he's not the person you go to to ask that is there no if you're but if you're in a group all working at a similar level and all trying to step up together then that's where it's beneficial for everyone to be able to do it. With the cutoff point, I think mm. you have to be self-aware of if you're being taken for a mug or not. If yeah. they're saying it's for your benefit when it's clearly for their benefit instead. Yeah. Like you say, if you feel like there's a show real benefit in that, that will get you to that next level, yeah. to level up, do it. I did a bar promo Yeah. just as I started going freelance. Yeah. And I did idea. it for free. Yeah. Off the back of that, I've had a lot of inquiries and work because I made that video. Yeah. And that wasn't even them going to me saying, oh, we'd love you to make a video for free. I decided, I actively decided to go and do that. That's not always going to pan out that way because mm. I've done a few others that's just, you know, it's building up this portfolio rather than that one video has got me that job. But I know that one itself has helped me quite a lot with, with freelancing, especially if you've got the opportunity to choose your own work like that and concept work and concept work and things like that, go for it if you've got the time, as long as you're not hitting yourself, whether it's financially or with your own time that you've got free to do it. You need to make sure you're either earning enough to you know, have the time to do that if it is for free. What about narrative and indie films and stuff like that then? You volunteered your time for us, like on films that I've done. Yeah. Why did you do that? We're just a group, we're a good group of people who get on and we've all got the same aspiration. Yeah. When you've got that group of crew and cast as well, you all work and you improve collectively. Yeah. And we've seen that on the films that we're doing. Yeah. In in between feature one and feature two, there's a step up. Yeah. Between two and three, there will be another step up. Yeah. And everyone's doing better things and, you know, being better at what they do. So it's a shame to not be a part of that when you know that that group of people are all in it for the same reason. Mm-hmm. We've sort of seen and heard this a lot when we came to do our feature is that no one will fund you to do a feature until you've done one. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, how do you do that? And to being able to say you've done one is, you know, despite how it turns out and if nothing had ever happened with it, fair Mm -hmm. enough. But to be able to say you've done one is then that merit to potentially be able to try and get funding. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll go into that. You know, we'll do an episode on 
that one film, for instance, and what yeah. we learned from that and things yeah. like that. So if you have any questions that you want to ask director Bob, <laughs> should we have a hashtag mean, for anyone who wants I to mean, ask a question? Really, we should. But we've got to seem legit, haven't we? Hopefully, this isn't a one-off. To be fair, we'd have to make sure that whoever does write in, if they use the hashtag, it's take two. That you don't go, it takes two, because then your your question will be asked on the BBC Two Strictly Come Dancing spin-off. It takes two. I've just realised that. It's it a show called two. It Takes Two. So it's it's take two, not it takes two. Oh right, so that's confusing. It's take two, not it takes two. It's take two. Oh, you've left your dead cat on your pop shield. I've had a cold, Anna. So yeah, I need to get rid of there. Doesn't look matching now. How do we round this off? I need to listen to some podcasts to learn how to have they round a podcast episode. Episode. Yeah, on. we can just kind of say if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Yeah, if you're not asleep, if you're not asleep by now, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> if you're not bored you to death, <laughs> if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Well if, done. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, Hopefully if, if there's an episode two below this one, then someone's gone all right. Yeah. If not, then either you're just early to the game. And oh, this, this will, is it. Yeah. <laughs> and we get This will be found in 30 years' time in the archives. Yeah. When are we doing this again then? Next week? Yeah. We don't know when this will be out, so it's hard to say, didn't it? Yeah. All right. See you later. Cheers. And scene. <laughs> <laughs>